0: Everything Film is supported by Vancouver Young Actors School, the elite training program for young professional actors in Canada. Their team of pros offer the most advanced training for young actors. You can check them out online, vancouveryoungactorsschool.com, at VY actors School on Instagram, and registrations are on now. Classes starting February 4th. We are broadcasting from Studio 5 at Go Studios in Olympic Village. Our guest is Kat Senyak. Uh, you began as a journalist, and we were just kind of talking about journalism because uh, the, the process of editing one's work uh, always comes into play. And maybe, I'm, maybe I hang on to this a little too much. But, um, you know, when you put your pen to paper and you put your name on something, you know, you're crafting something that's based on where you're at or what you feel you wish to convey. And then you're kind of at the mercy of somebody taking what you've done and then sort of altering it and m- not necessarily always for the better. Does that bother you as much as it? You can tell yeah. it bothers me.
1: Um, it depends. It doesn't bother me that much. It depends what the project is. If I'm in a writer's room working on someone else's show, then it doesn't bother me because you're there to serve their vision, and you're you know you should be writing your scripts in the tone and voice of the showrunner and the creator. And those you know they might rewrite the whole thing. If it's a very personal project or, like, a personal short story or something, it probably would bother me. But then also if you're – collab, I like collaborate – like, it's such a collaborative business, too. If you're working with an executive's paying you to write something and they're giving you notes. Um, so I think it just depends. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I am more of a kill your darlings. Like, I will. I'm yeah. not that – some writers are very, like, you can't get rid of this. And I think my journalism comes into play with that because I'm just, like – well take it out if you don't I, like
0: it <laughs> I, I will say in fairness that uh you know you it, for example if you're doing a piece for a, a, an article for a magazine or a newspaper and you have a, a fixed word count of 800 and then you write your thing and then you check and you see you're at like 1000 or 1027 and you know something's got to go and you can only sort of whittle it down so much yourself at that point then i'm willing to say okay now you take it And you tell me what has to go, Mm -hmm. right? Without changing the nature of it. But at at the end of the day, it's one of those things where I've been doing this a long time, and you know, if you're taking a check, if someone says, "Okay, this is what I want, I'll pay you this. Here's here's what I want," I can deliver, sure. But if it's coming from my heart or from my head, from my gut, you know, I have a way that I want to convey, and I just wonder if that translates. Like maybe not so much in screenwriting, Mm -hmm. but for just freelance journalism. And let's face it, you know, not every editor is great at what they do necessarily. They might be good at chopping words, but they might also chop context in the mm-hmm. process, right?
1: Yeah, I think that does happen, and it's a frustration for journalists, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: <laughs> so let's tell, tell us about the parallel then when you're screenwriting. Um, are, you, are you left alone, generally speaking, or do you collaborate? Um, and how do you sort of reach compromise? If, if you and I are working on a project together— we kind of need to have a similar view, I would think, correct mm-hmm. and if we don't how do how do we resolve this?
1: Well, I mean again, if it's a writer's room, it's more collaborative, and you've been hired into the room and chosen to kind of like make up the group of five to ten or however many people it is and yeah, you're, you're all kind of on the same page, no bad ideas, and you're kind of funneling towards a vision. It's very collaborative. You're working with people. When I'm writing my own stuff to then show to people and maybe try and sell it or try and pitch it, it's like a very isolating process at first. And I'm just, it's a lot of me by myself writing, which i kind of prefer the collaboration because you can just get stuck in your own head. So then that's why I do like to, you know, sometimes you do need to bring it to people to give you notes and feedback, even if it's not feedback you want to hear. It's always you just you just need it.
0: <laughs> so before before screenwriting, uh, y- y- journalism in Toronto and in New York City. Yeah. What type of journalism and what was was that the goal growing up? Were you a freak for information and absorbed all the printed word you could and thought I want to do this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a little. I've been thinking about my journey lately because when I was in grade twelve, my English teacher told me like on graduation day, she was like, "You're gonna be a writer." Um, and I was like, oh, okay, um, and then I went, I did an undergrad not in journalism, I did grad school in journalism, and I did journalism, and I did mainly news reporting, breaking news, you're kind of sent out, I was in Toronto, I did a little here too for the Globe and Mail, you're sent out to go cover something happening in the city, it's still writing, but it's news, Um, and it wasn't until I kind of Taught, I taught myself screenwriting and I just realized I enjoyed it more that kind of storytelling more um that I actually started in like really seeing myself as a writer but yeah now I think like oh I, I should have just gone to film school out of high school and then I would have saved that whole 10 years but I also know that's that 10 years was really important to build me up as the writer that I am today and I think journalism has really helped with storytelling because it is storytelling um And finding, just being able to sort of find stories in the world and like reflect the world back. But I do prefer to make up stories then.
0: (laughs) Well, I would think, I would think that journalism, especially breaking news, I mean, you don't really have a whole lot of time to play with it. You need to get the word out now. Mm -hmm. That's probably a great process because if you can, if you can transcribe and, and, and uh, relate a breaking situation. Imagine what you're going to do if you have the time to play with it and save it on your desktop for a couple of days and then come back to it again.
1: Yeah, it was very, um, I mean, I like I keep telling people, like, yeah, I'm a fast writer, but I'm slow if I don't have a deadline. But if I have a deadline, I can finish that whenever you tell me. And I do think that's just from my years of journalism and having to deliver no matter what at 5 p.m. or whenever it was um, and write fast and also, like, craft story fast so I it does yeah it definitely was foundational Mm -hmm. to how I write now.
0: So I want to talk about the the writing process so you were shortlisted for Sundance Episodic Lab. Mm -hmm. What is the Episodic Lab?
1: They have a program they have like a they have a feature one and they have the episodic is television so I pitched I've been um, twice and I've read like you know like Tarantino did it Ava DuVernay or actually I don't know if she did it but I saw a tweet that she got like four, three or four times she got denied so people kind of uh, are rejected um they you know don't get the spot many times and you keep applying but it's basically if you do get it um with the episodic lab you have mentors you bring your idea for a tv show and they would help you with it um so it is being shortlisted is pretty cool um
0: but yeah. <laughs> and and is, it, is it a judging panel? Is it one person's ultimate decision?
1: It's Sundance. I mean, I don't know how they choose. They have the, the like, a, a committee or the Sundance right. sort of organization. But yeah, I had to submit both times an um, original idea with a pilot draft with sort of, you know, you have to answer. It's a huge application where you sure. answer questions about where the series is going, the characters and whatnot. Um, and I still, those pilots I still wrote and have. So.
0: And what was your concept?
1: Um, well, one I have is, it's the p- kind of sample that I use um, all the time to show my work and try and get jobs. It's about a Lyft driver who starts driving for the mafia, um, and it's sort of this, like, millennial sopranos type While thing. While still
0: picking up fares? <laughs>
1: well, at, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Kill two
0: birds with one stone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what was the and and to be shortlisted I mean again you know it's like saying well you know it's if I don't win at least it's thrilled to be nominated yeah that's cool but you know ultimately you know if you're shortlisted that's that's nice to know that you made the list mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's like okay how do you move the project along after you get shortlisted what happens
1: Well like again with those ideas I'm in a very lucky um spot right now in my career I think I have a really good team of people like I have A Canadian agent for Canada. I have managers in LA, and I just signed with UTA, which is an agency in LA. That's big. That's big. It's yeah, and it's and that was just before the holidays, so we're really excited. And so, when I come up with ideas, so that when I'm not working in a room or I'm not being paid to write, you know, a draft of something, I am just writing my own stuff, and then I can, you know, feedback from my team, which projects we, you know, and ideas to focus on, and then they can send them out. They send them out to like crazy people like the biggest people i never dream I'd be even working with like I'm watching movies now being like oh I've met with that production company I've met with that production company and it's wild so it's yeah it's I have the team in place and so that's kind of what I do with those do you
0: have do you have a very definite vision of what it is you're hoping to achieve or are you more just a hired gun that yeah I can do that project
1: um currently I am Um, I'm taking out my own ideas to either um, taking out a feature right now, which would be if I found a production company that's interested, then again, you'd be collaborating with them and writing the draft and having notes. I'm taking out a TV idea that that then I would be creator of that show. But I'm also, um, they send me out, you know, I love working on other people's shows. And writer's rooms, I find, are so... um, they're so instrumental to learning, so and learning how to write and being working with people that are, are.
0: Are they are they gender driven? Are they representative writers' rooms? I mean, obviously, if you're writing like for designing women or golden girls, I'm sure probably it was well represented by females. But generally speaking, is there a nice balance? Um, is it still kind of top heavy, male to female?
1: I think. You know, diversity, I think diversity is becoming more and more important and gender diversity and um, making sure you have POC writers, trans writers um, and picking a writer's room really is like, like picking a sports team almost you, you want um, personalities to contrast each other. uh, So I'm told from, you know, showrunner friends who pick writer's rooms and you want Skills to contrast each other, and you also want life experience, and you know diversity goes into life experience. I think it's, yeah, I would say we're on the way (laughs) better than it was before.
0: (laughs) Well, you hate to say you've come a long way, yeah, obviously, but there's still distance to be achieved. I think so, yeah. But fortunately, people are more cognizant of that now. What, um, what really, what, what's your thing like when you're sitting down, a, you know, while away some hours, just you know, mindlessly watching. Film or television. What what are you digging? What what's your what's your thing?
1: I watch so much TV. Um I love dark comedies. I love I mean I'm currently like rewatching Entourage.
0: Oh <laughs> I'm on love, season I three. Entourage, it's so yeah. funny. It, it is so funny. I yeah. haven't
1: watched it since it was on. I was like, This is hilarious. And now yeah. that I'm kind of in that industry a little bit, yeah. I'm like seeing the it's a hilarious show. Um yeah, I like to rewatch watch a lot of shows. Um Yeah, I'm watching The Terror, which I missed from a couple years ago. That's kind of the scary, like, vibe. I'm doing a lot. I Like, you know, Veep is one of my favorite shows. Another
0: great show. Yeah. But it's funny because you hit on a couple of things. Veep, I adore. I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is amazing. And the show, from what I understand, is very true to what political situation is, is really like. Yeah. But you watch something like Entourage, and even though that's probably what, going back a dozen years, you know, like, you take Ari, who's Jeremy Piven and the kind of dialogue that comes out of his mouth especially with respect to his assistant Lloyd mm-hmm. so politically incorrect and that's yeah, again that's definitely. a movement that's a movement that has really taken hold and i guess as a screenwriter you have to be cautious of that because it may be intended as playful dialogue but we live in very sensitive times
1: oh definitely and you know Rewatching anything from even 10 years ago a lot of it has not aged well and I think that's a positive thing that you can recognize that now when you watch and like those parts are not I don't think anyone's finding funny or anymore and like you would never say that now and that's just a testament to how the culture has changed. So.
0: Well, what I find is interesting, I also watch a lot of TV, and, and a lot of it happens to be like Game Show Network and stuff, and they'll run old episodes of The Match Game or Family Feud from the 70s and 80s. They now have a, a precursor warning, just saying that this is a show that is reflective of the times. You know, parental discretion is mm-hmm. advised. So, so if you see people making off-color jokes on a game show or you know, have chain-smoking as they're on a panel... That's the way it was. Rather than rather than go in there and chop it up, I think it's important that we kind of keep things intact and mm-hmm. be able to look at them, like, again, with an entourage. You probably couldn't write that a lot of that dialogue today, but it's kind of funny to be able to look back to it and understand and put it in context.
1: Yeah, I think about that, too, because it's like, um, you know, to the people that that is offensive to today like it was also offensive back then right it was always offensive so it's not it's kind of more just like um white people have kind of you know Mm -hmm. caught up to not being um i guess like you know whatever but um yeah i don't know i don't know about looking back on and whether to I think this disclaimers are definitely Mm -hmm. a positive thing for sure.
0: So uh, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention it. So maybe in any of your screenwriting, if there's ever a part for like an aging radio guy, is there (laughs) can you keep me in mind? Sure, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You (laughs) you were saying before this that you were nervous. Why? You don't do this. You don't normally talk with headset on. Is that it?
1: Yeah. Well, I've never really done an interview like this. And then also coming from journalism, like I, well, I didn't do on camera or radio interviews, but um. I was interviewing people <laughs> for the news. Right. Um, right. And so it's just a, a fl- like a flip of roles that makes me a little nervous. Well, I thought
0: you did a great job. <laughs> Thank Kat Senyak is the, uh, our guest on Everything Film. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks right. for having me. Cheers.